Hi everyone, welcome back to the Little Green Pasture. Praise the Lord. It's good to be back again and I am happy to say that we survived the hurricane which was no hurricane at all here in Southern California. So praise the Lord for that. I'm sorry about other people uh, to the north of us, to the east of us, and to the south of us. There's a lot of uh, people that uh, were terribly affected. So keep everybody in prayer. And thank you for your prayers, too, because many of you prayed for us over here because we were definitely on the in the path of that hurricane. It just turned out to be moderate rain. And so here I am. Praise the Lord. Here to serve the Lord. Here on the behalf of Jesus Christ to make him known to you and to let his living waters flow continuously to you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I come before you with happy joy, with gladness in my heart. Lord, that you've opened up a well, a springing up well of your living water within me that never fails. I want to thank you, Lord Jesus, for your faithfulness and your kindness, Lord, that endures forever. Today, I lift up this message to you, not knowing completely what I'll say, but I have the your, your heart on it, Lord. Therefore, I offer it up to you, and I thank you for it, and I pray that you go before me and that you move in the hearts of all that will listen. Maybe some it will be, be spoken to, and maybe some won't. But Lord, let the soil of all hearts, Lord, receive this word. And I thank you, Jesus, and ask for your Holy Spirit to touch me. Lord, I am weak. I am completely weak. Therefore, I pray, let your power rest upon me, because you can speak for yourself. Therefore, I'll follow you. For I am your humble servant, your happy humble servant. In Jesus' name, amen. Isn't prayer wonderful? It's so wonderful. I just love it so much. What is more wonderful than being able to speak to Jesus Christ, to speak directly to God, to the living God? What boldness we could enter in, right? That we have access with boldness into his, at his, to his throne of grace, where we can talk to him about anything. And truly, if he's enthroned upon your heart, then you're talking to him all day long because he lives in you and he's with you. I just love prayer. It's the greatest gift bestowed to all of us. So I'm going to be speaking about boldness today. And I have some notes and I have some scriptures, but I just want to, I just want to just speak to you. I'll refer to them as I go along. But don't you feel like there's nothing better in true fellowship and even a teaching kind of fellowship? That's the way I like it. I just love it when Jesus just allows the Holy Spirit to suppose. He makes everything so easy. Like George Fox's wife when she was imprisoned. She was cruelly treated and even tortured for a long time 
but her children said of her that she never complained, not ever. That's so amazing because she was a woman of prayer. Her husband was John Knox. And it was said of her when she was asked about her time in prison and her being cruelly treated and tormented by them and tortured. She said, the good Lord Jesus always gives me his easies. You know, I think of these mighty people in heaven now, but they pass the torch along to us. And, you know, it is important for us to read about their lives. Not like, wow, look at how mighty they were and, oh, were they mighty. But you can be mighty, too. And I want to be mighty. And not by might nor by power, but by his Holy Spirit, saith the Lord. Oh, and I want to talk about this boldness. You know, in our postmodern reading of the word, we're reading it with such like an American centralized understanding and view. And these are ancient. This is like there's a couple of ancient languages in here. Actually, more than that, they, a lot of these manuscripts, certain segments of it, like Daniel, were written in Syriac and and other, you know, I think those were the main language, uh, not the main languages, but Greek and Hebrew and so forth. And so the meanings are so vast and so deep. Well, I was thinking about boldness. And most of us, as I was saying, in our day and age, we think of boldness as like, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to let it rip and I'm going to say this and I'm going to put it that way and I'm going to go over there. But that's not the kind of boldness. That's the boldness of something contrived of our own flesh and even our own good intentions and well-being. I know because I've done it. I have absolutely done it thinking that I was doing God's service of some kind, that if I said it like, I'm just going to say it like it is. And, you know, I, I'll tell you, 2020 is the best hindsight view to look down. And we learn so much about what it truly means to have that boldness of Jesus Christ, to have that boldness in the spirit of the living God. And we go about it so many ways and we're so clumsy as we're coming up in the faith but I believe as long as the heart is sincere, God is always working in the hearts of those who, like all of us, have stumbled around in certain kind of boldnesses that harmed other people and didn't do anybody any good. But praise the Lord that the Holy Spirit is causing us to die daily to ourselves, and he's using things that we struggle with. Things that are are hard, things that, that was the, if you're hearing a noise, that is our printer. Sorry about that. It's making some noises. So let me get back to where I was. Um, so in that, in that process, we're dying to a kind of flesh boldness. We're dying to what we're thinking will help God. And like I think about the uh, Peter when Jesus was being arrested in the garden and he drew his sword and he cut off the ear of Malchus, his Malchus's servant, and Jesus healed his ear. And he said, put up thy sword, Peter. He said, they that will live by that sword, will live by that, that sword. But he says the sword, but I'm saying that sword that he had, that material sword will die by it. In other words, I take it spiritually to say, 
you know, there's sometimes we think we're if 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 we're in that wrong kind of boldness, we're using Peter's sword in things that we're saying to other people that are not entering into the ears and going down into their heart. Rather, it's cutting off their ear and doing damage from them really being open to hearing anything about the Lord. So I wanted to say that the boldness comes from that new birth. And if you're not aware of these two kinds of boldnesses, and they're not defined, you'll find yourself uh, actually at a disadvantage because now you'll start to judge. You, you won't be able to tell like what is the boldness of the Lord or what is your own boldness, but you don't want your own boldness. If you're going to be bold about anything, be bold in prayer. Be bold in a life of prayer, not a prayer here and there but a life where you're walking it out. You're walking it out. You're walking your life out in prayer. We're all familiar with Acts 4.13. It says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge that they had been with Jesus. And that's the first, I start with the book of Acts because this is now the beginning the genesis of what was beginning of the body of Christ. And we know that Peter and John had spent three and a half years with Jesus, but now they're on their own and they're filled with the Holy Spirit now. And so being filled with the Holy Spirit from the new birth, when Jesus said at his resurrection, just to backtrack a little bit in John 21, in John 20 rather, it said, uh, Jesus said unto his disciples, he said, as my father hath sent me, so send I you. And he breathed upon them. He said, receive ye the Holy, the Holy Ghost. And so now at this point, obviously Christ has ascended and he is in heaven and he is set down on his throne at the right hand of God. And so you have these men, it says, and they saw the boldness. They knew that they were men. They were like, we know who those men are. They're fishermen. They don't know anything. Fishermen, we know about what their what their employment was. They were dirty. They were smelly. They were sweaty. It was the family trade. But it says, but when they saw the boldness. Now, what were they seeing? They weren't seeing something that was coming from their flesh. Let me demonstrate. Have you ever seen street preachers? And I'm not I'm not going to pick on them, but there's something missing. There's some people, for instance, down at the pier. We live near the pier. And there's these people and they have megaphones and they have these signs that are saying, um, turn or turn or burn, uh, get saved or go to hell. Um, and then you could see them sometimes. Um, arguing with people and it's such a turnoff people don't come to Christ with that kind of boldness it's a turnoff I can tell you I've had people bold with me saying you know Joni the Lord has a word for me and I just feel like I need to have boldness and say it to you pow everything shut down 
I was like, I have no, I'm not, I'm not going to hear anything you have to say because I know my master's voice. You can tell when somebody has a boldness of the Holy Spirit. It's not about an out external performance either. It is the presence of God. It is the presence of the Holy Spirit within you, his power. And he is manifesting his power through even the meekest, mildest person. But there is an otherworldly boldness to them. Because I'll tell you something, the boldness that I've seen and known in my life of the people that are truly, truly bold in Christ, they're not screamers. They're not uh, all over the place. They're intelligent. But there is, a, the, like I said, the life of the power of, the, of our living God comes out of their mouth. But there is a boldness to it. Let me continue. It says they marveled. So they're seeing something they're marveling at. So because anybody in the world, like I said, can be bold, right? But they're seeing something and they're marveling at it, especially this, these kind of men. And that's, they're, they're, they're coming into the presence of the Holy One, Jesus Christ, within these men. They marveled. And then they took knowledge. They went, yeah, we know who those men are. They were with Jesus. In Acts 4.29, last year, this prayer really moved me. And I began to pray this prayer. Because I said, this is the first prayer that was prayed about asking for boldness. And it came through persecution. In Acts 4, 29, 31, it says, And now, Lord, behold their threatenings. See, they were thrown in prison. They were thrown in this little prison. And they were threatened by the Pharisees, by the chief priests. They're like, do not teach anymore in this name. And they said, we cannot but help to preach the name of Jesus Christ. For we ought, it is better to obey God than man. He said, we, we, we ought always to obey God and not man. And they beat them. They were the chief priests and the Pharisees commanded them to be beaten. And that they went on and they now they're with their people. They're with the other believers and they're saying, and, and now they, they were telling them what had happened to them. And now they go into this prayer and they say, and now Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thy hand to heal that signs and wonders may be done in the name of thy holy child jesus and when they had prayed the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the holy ghost and they spake the word of god with boldness now let me say something from that one prayer through the entire book of Acts, all the way through all the epistles, you see that prayer has, they're being filled with power of that boldness. And because there's so many scriptures you can look up, even if you did a word study, bold, boldness, 
you will see all these different places where they say, with boldness, Paul spoke. With boldness, he said. Look at, look at the boldness of Stephen. Before he even gave an answer to the Pharisees and the chief priests, it said his face shone like that of an angel. He was so filled with the Holy Spirit. And with all boldness, he spoke. And they were cut to the heart. And he, can, he said, you stiff-necked. He said, you stiff-necked and heart of hearts. Ye do always resist the Holy Ghost. And they stopped up their ears. And they ran upon Stephen. But Stephen, even being stoned in his boldness, said, saying, not cowering, not bowing, but in all boldness to the end, he said, I see the Lord. I see heaven opened and I see Jesus Christ standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Lord, forgive them. Hold not this sin to their charge. And he fell asleep. Look at the woman of Canaan. She had a demon-possessed daughter at home. Her desperation led her to a boldness to say, I'm so desperate. See, desperation and persecution, those two things make you bold in Jesus Christ. It's not just, you know what? I'm going to go and I'm going to say and I'm going to do. Don't even, don't bother. You're not doing Jesus any favors. Get out of the way of the Holy Spirit. That is the kind of boldness that will block and veil the Holy Spirit from coming forth from you and manifesting his life through you. And a life lived in prayer, a life lived in the word of God, where you are in it every day, where you are in prayer every day, where you're trusting him every day in your life, where you are thanking him, where you're living a life of thanksgiving, where you're rising up in the morning and the first thing you're thinking about is the Lord Jesus Christ. Where things that you're going through, your challenges, your illnesses, your being in debt, and all these things are working, are moving in you, though they're hard. Are they not pushing you more boldly into the presence of the Lord to have become in with boldness and access? Because I'll tell you something right now. My prayers and your prayers sure change, don't they? If everything's going smooth, yes, it's enjoyable prayer. You're communing with the Lord and it's beautiful and it's good and it's 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 so refreshing. But when the when the going gets tough and there is no man on your on your side, like it says in uh, prophecy of Psalms, I believe it's Psalm 22 it could be 60, 69. But it was speaking of Jesus and it was speaking of him being, you know, hanging on the cross. And he said, I looked for someone for comfort and i and there was no one i looked for a man like i looked for some somebody to comfort me he said but no man knew me they all fled from me paul said the same thing and it is this boldness that is developed in hardship and in sickness and in suffering but it is those things that make you up give you a boldness but externally and in your heart 
there's this meekness with quietness, what, which is very powerful. It says that with all boldness, they may speak thy word. And it says by stretching forth thy hand to heal. Notice how they're, they're in collaboration with God. They're saying, look, we're going to speak your word with boldness. Grant that unto us. Then you do the work. You go forth. You stretch forth your hand. We need to have this boldness. We ask for this, that you would grant unto us thy servants, that with all boldness we may speak thy word by you stretching forth your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done in the name of Jesus Christ. You see, there is, there is a boldness that comes, and it's a fearlessness, but it's nothing that you're talking yourself into. It's nothing how many books you read, how many this you, many things, but it's the life, the very life of Jesus Christ by virtue, the very life of the Father by virtue of the Holy Spirit. Let him out. Stop trying to do all his work for him. You're, you're getting in his way. And I say this with love to you. I say it as much to myself and 10 times more than I do to you because I want this for you. I want to see you rise up. In your most holy faith. Let me just keep going. Now, we in 2 Corinthians 7, 4, Paul says, Great is my boldness of speech towards you. Great is my glorying of you. I am filled with comfort. I am exceeding joyful in all tribulation. See, that prayer is still moving. Now he's in Corinth. He says that in Philippians, he says that in Ephesians, he's talking. You could look up the scriptures. He's saying, my boldness, I'm going to speak with boldness. Listen to what it says in Philippians 1.20, according to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing else shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness. See that? Remember, he, they prayed. Now, Paul wasn't there yet, but isn't, isn't that what they prayed? That, that you would grant unto us that with all boldness we may speak thy word. And it says, but that with all boldness as always. So now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. You see, what I, what I receive from the spirit is I get an image in my mind of a person who's been at war. They have fought many fights. They are, they're learning the virtue and the art of war and the boldness to fight. The fight, you know, because, well, you know what it is. We see war movies, but I'm talking spiritually here. But I see a person like David in his old age, gray-headed, weak in the body. But I'll tell you something, within that man, his soul, and that's all he always spoke about, isn't it? When you read the Psalms, the word soul he uses constantly. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. David was a bold man. But when he became old, he couldn't war out. He couldn't do the external war anymore. But all the while, he was developing a boldness, a love. See, it's the love of God that constrains you. It's the love that makes you bold. 
I'll tell you something right now. That's another thing. Persecution, desperation makes you bold. But love makes you bold. I'll tell you, if you love somebody, there's going to be a part of you that came out that you didn't know existed. And if you belong to Jesus Christ and you are born again and your name is written in heaven, you're going to be bold like a lion. So let's, let me just say this again. So when you're desperate, you're going to be pushed into Christ. I know I was desperate my whole life. And you know what? I pray that there's always a desperation in me. Because the desperation keeps me always searching and looking. Are you always looking for the Lord? I'm always looking for the Lord. And also to persecution. When we're persecuted by whichever means or way, what do we do? We go to the Lord and we don't waste any time, do we? Because if, you, if you're being persecuted or if you're desperate, away with the prayers your prayers completely change you're like lord i need to speak to you i need to talk to you right now i am desperate i need you to make some changes in my life i am helpless like i was reading this morning about jehoshaphat he's so he's got three kings coming against him he's lifts up his eyes to the lord and he prays he said lord these these kings are coming against against us the whole all the people were standing there their wives and children were standing there and he's praying in front of them as their king he's like i don't i he said we don't know what to do our eyes are upon you look how that prayer was prayed because three mighty kings moab the moabites the ammonites mount sire mighty warriors warring kingdoms and he's like, could you imagine that being a leader, being a king? And you're standing in front of all your people. And he's like, Lord, we don't know what to do. Our eyes are upon you. I mean, when you, when you get into that space, now you're going to see the hand stretch forth. I'll tell you, that was pretty bold of Jehoshaphat to stand and say that in front of all the people. Don't you think that was pretty bold? He could have said, have all the people out. I'm going to go over here. I'm going to shut the door. I'm going to get on my knees and I'm going to seek the Lord. But he said, no, there's no time to do that. They're going to all be part of this prayer. And I'm going to seek the Lord because I don't know what to do. And we know that beautiful story. The Lord said, in the morning, you're going to go down. You're going to set the singers in the, in the forefront. And they're going to go out singing. But you're going to stand still. In that chapter, we hear that word stood and stand at least eight times. Jehoshaphat stood. And now they stand. It says the Lord. And when they got out there, he told the armies, now stand. The only ones that weren't standing were the singers going forward, praising the Lord and saying, great is the mercy of the Lord. The mercy of the Lord endureth continually. They were singing that song, the mercy of the Lord endureth continually. Can you imagine what that sounded like? And then the Lord slew. He had them turn against each other. They slew each other. They all died. And the spoil was so great. It was three days in them taking all the great spoils. You see, the Lord allows things to come into your life to give you that holy boldness so that you're not weak anymore because we're all weak and we're all weak anyway 
but there's a boldness that comes forth that when you're desperate, like I said, look at the Canaanite mother. She's like, I don't care what you say. You can call me a dog. I don't even care what you say because I know who you are, Jesus. I know who you are. I've seen what you do. I've seen you cast out devils out of people. And yeah, I may be a dog, but you know what? I'll eat the crumbs. And Jesus, and right then the father was moving because Jesus said, everything I do is by the father. Whatever he, he says for me to speak or say, I say. And everything I do, I've learned first from the father. So she touched the heart of the father. You see, you touch the heart of your father in heaven who loves you so much. And you see, it's that boldness that brings you to a holy refusal. You know, we hear that scripture that says, fight the good fight of faith, faith, first Timothy chapter three, he tells Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. But the inner life of the spirit fights that good fight of faith. It's a fight of the good fight of faith is a refusal. It's a refusal to be drawn out from behind our shields. It's a refusal to bow down at our enemy's feet anymore. It's a refusal. To turn our backs to the enemy and be chased like a bird to our mountains. It's a refusal to give up our ground like Shema who, who stood. That man stood in the middle of a lentil field and defended it. See, he stood. That was pretty bold. You know why? Because he was full of passion for God. He's like, you're not taking our inheritance. Even though it was a tiny little patch, a tiny little patch of the poorest people food and animal food. But he's like, you're not taking one inch of our ground, of our inheritance. You see, all those men that fought for David when they separated themselves unto his stronghold in the desert. You read all about those men who were fit for war and, and all the wonderful things about them. I believe it's 1 Corinthians chapter 11. It could be wrong, but I believe it is. Pretty sure it is. And you read this list of men. But you know what I believe? It's because they believe God. They believed God. You know, I'm going to share a story. There's a, there's a crusader story I'm going to share. Behind the soldiers was the sea. Before them, the unknown land where weariness, hardships, and battles awaited them. Their leader knew that if things were very different, they would be tempted to re-embark in their boats drawn up to the shore. He did not want them to have any way of retreat, so he told them to burn the boats. And there was a day when Philip of Macedon, Alexander the Great's father, did something like that. His soldiers were storming a walled city, and lest they should give way and give up, he had the storming ladders taken away from behind them. They had to conquer or die. You see, the Lord is going to allow us to be pushed into situations so that more of his power comes into us. And the more that he is able to get us to that place where we cast everything off and say, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care. I don't know. I don't understand it. But I'm not leaving. I'm not going anywhere because I know Jesus. I know what his word says. And I'm going to stand in the middle of my own lentil field. 
and I'm going to ask him to defend it. You know, the enemy in this world is always chip away, chipping away, chipping away. Satan's always trying to get us to bow to his feet. But you know, once you've bowed there before, you're like, I'm never bowing to his feet again. I'm never going to allow that. Are we going to feel fears? Yes. But when you feel fears, think of what David did. What time I am afraid, I will trust in him. And, you know, I think of also, too, that word that says, about the banner that he hath given a banner of truth unto them that uh, love him, that it may be displayed because of thy truth. And I thought about that. I thought, what banners? Banners show what side we're on. It shows what colors we wear. And I think I get this picture of an army with banners and all these different banners. One that says, the Lord is my rock and my salvation, an advancing army with banners and all these different sizes of banners that say, or I know, for the Lord is my rock and my salvation. I think I just said that. Or you could, another one that says, I know the Lord will maintain the cause of the afflicted and the right of the poor. Or God is love. Or his mercy endureth forever. I love that scripture in Song of Songs. I believe it's three, six that says, who is she that cometh forth as the sun that cometh forth, cometh forth as the sun fair as the moon bright as the sun. I'm probably saying it not right. And terrible as an army with banners. Terrible is another word for wonderful. One last thing. I was reading the story a couple days ago about a ship captain during the days that George Mueller was alive. And the ship captain was telling a story. And he said, a number of years ago, I went to America with a steamship captain who was a very devoted Christian. We were off the coast of Newfoundland. And he said to me, the last time I sailed here, which was five weeks ago, something happened to me that revolutionized my entire Christian life. I had been on the bridge for 24 straight hours when George Mueller of Bristol, England, who was a passenger on the boat, came to me and said, Captain, I need to tell you that I must be in Quebec on Saturday afternoon. That's impossible, I replied. Very well, Mueller responded. If your ship cannot take me, God will find some other way, for I have never missed an engagement in 57 years. Let's go down to the chart room to pray. I looked at this man of God and thought to myself, what lunatic asylum did he escape from? I had never encountered someone like this. Mr. Mueller, I said, do you realize how dense the fog is? No, he replied. My eye is not on the dense fog, but on the living God who controls every circumstance of my life. He then knelt down and prayed one of the most simple prayers I've ever heard. When he'd finished, I started to pray. He put his hand on me and said, first, you do not believe God will answer you. And second, I believe he has. Consequently, there's no need whatsoever for you to pray about it. As I looked at him, he said, Captain, I have known my Lord for 57 years, and there has never been even a single day that I have failed to get an audience with the king. Get up. I got up 
and indeed the fog was gone. And on Saturday afternoon, George Mueller was in Quebec for his meeting. Don't you love that? I'm not looking at the fog. I don't see the fog. No, I don't see the fog. I see the living God. That was pretty bold. Think of all the bold people in the Bible. All of them had to be bold because they were all desperate. Every one of them, all the laborers for Christ, they were bold. Why? Because of persecution. All the people that got their answered prayers, answers, because they were desperate. You need to have that boldness. Be desperate. Let that desperation make you bold. Because I'll tell you one thing. When you have the spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, like Peter, on the day of Pentecost, it said the first thing he said in chapter one, it says Peter stood up. He stood up. And he said, you men and brethren. And he began to speak to them. At the end of that, towards the half of that chapter says, then they all stood up. See, God wants, there's a standing up. Your spirit comes up. And you, and a power comes forth. And you're going to know it's not of you. So let that love, love be the foundation of your boldness. And put away the fleshly boldness. It doesn't do anything. The Lord really doesn't need our help at all. He just wants you to let him move out of you. Let him be bold. You be bold in prayer. You be bold to read the word. You be bold to walk in it. You be bold to believe the Lord. You be bold to stand up. But I'll tell you something. A moment will come in your life where the Holy Spirit will quicken you. And it'll be that fast instant that he'll come forth out of you. And you'll see it with your own eyes. The hand of God stretching forth with signs and wonders. That's his will for you today and as long as you shall live. God bless you.